Father, I thank you and I give you glory. I honor your name, God, for your good and your mercy endures forever. Um, I pray, God, for even those who uh, are vaccinated but have tested positive. Um, I pray, God, that their bodies are completely healed. I pray, God, for those who are not vaccinated and they may be in the hospital. I pray, Lord God, for your supernatural covering. We thank you for healing. We thank you that your word declares that where two or three are gathered in your name, you will be in the midst, that your word declares anything we ask in your name, uh, you will be there with us. And I pray, God, today that you will allow us to see you in everything. That's my prayer. Cover us in the matchless, mighty name of Jesus. Cover us like only you can. Help us, O oh Lord, to see you even in this, for you are good and you're faithful that promise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen and amen. All right, I want to share my screen so that you guys can see the scripture. First Timothy, the sixth chapter, the first through the 21st verse. All who are under the yoke of slavery should consider their masters worthy of full reset so that God's name and our teaching may not be slandered. Those who have believing masters should not show them disrespect just because they are fellow believers. Instead, they should show, serve them even better because their masters are dear to them as fellow believers and are devoted to the welfare of their slaves. These are the things you are to teach and insist on. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. <laughs> they have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. We don't talk enough about contentment in this age of success, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Somebody put in the chat, thank you for food and clothing. I may not have a brand new car and I may not have the gift that I wanted for Christmas and I may not have that luxury bag and I may not be able to afford an upgrade, but thank you for food and for clothing. Thank you for enough food that I can open my refrigerator and select what I want this, this morning. Thank you for enough clothing that if I don't wanna wear black today, I can wear red or I can wear yellow. Thank you for what you have already done. Those who want to get rich, fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Here it is for the love of money. Now I'm doing my pastor read because she basically gave us the simplistic reading of scripture and then she applied it into context. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. I love the NIV's translation of these Greek words because the KJV says for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And that small change makes an assumption about evil 
it makes the assumption that all evil is rooted in the love of money. But the NIV gives us a little bit more clarity around the etymological truth to this scripture. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is a root, it's not all, but it is a. And some of you may not have issues with finances. Some of you may not have issues with um, budgets. And some of you are not, not, are not tempted to overspend. That's not, that's not your thing, but this is a root. And if you don't get this together, it's going to destroy your understanding of God's blessings. When we only look to money as treasure, we miss that when Jesus thought about treasure, he says, even to those who were listening, that's not even true riches. I don't just want money in the bank. I want true riches. I want peace in my mind. I want genuine joy in my heart. I want to be able to sit across people that don't just tolerate me. They celebrate me. I was able to sit across the table with Latanda and Latanda and I have cried this year together. But what was most amazing is that we smiled to see Sandra smiling, Danielle smiling, uh, Lisa smiling. Some of you, you got your smile back this year. Some of you, you got your joy back this year. You're already wealthy according to the standards of the kingdom. And if we don't pause for a second to talk about what real wealth looks like, then you will be grinding in purpose to achieve something that doesn't actually equate to the abundant life that Jesus died for. So some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, now this is Paul writing to Timothy specifically, because here it is, everybody, and this, I'm jumping into discipleship in 66, but it's okay. Put this in the chat. This has been my new revelation, Nakaya. I put it on Facebook the other day, but I never got a chance to talk to her about it. Small groups are supposed to be small. The beautiful part to small groups is small. I love large groups. I love 90 people. But I also think that in this body of Christ, what we are missing is the intimacy of the small. When you have grief groups, they tell you don't go over 10 people because when there are serious grief moments, if you have 55 people, I can't even process what I really want to say with the group that large. What if God is downsizing even your friendships to focus your energy on right relationships? Jesus could have had a thousand disciples. He had several people that were watching and following, but he had 12 that he poured into, 12 that he was vulnerable with. And even within those 12, he had three that he brought to places that others were not invited to the mountain of transfiguration to show them things that others did not receive. And I believe that that principle is super important when you're thinking about purpose, because I love large groups, but small groups are supposed to be small. Pastor Rick Warren told us this week that if it wasn't for his small group, Pastor Rick Warren has written after the Bible, the most popular book for Christians in the world, translated in several languages, The Purpose Driven Life. He made so much from Purpose Driven Life that he donated 90% of his profit from Purpose Driven Life to the church and retained 10%. You know how we retain 90% 
and we give God the tithe, which is 10%, he gave God the 90% of the proceeds and profit from the book and is still a multimillionaire over and over and over and over. And this man who is one of the most popular voices in the world as it relates to Christian leadership, the author of Purpose Driven Life, um, he says, it was my small group that saved my life when I and my wife went through the most difficult season of my life. So here you have this final charge to Timothy. Paul's been writing to different people and different churches and different communities. You're both and, my friends. You're both and. Jesus was a preacher for the crowd, right? a teacher for the crew, and then he has some close friends. Everybody is not the crowd. Everybody is not the crew. And everybody is not the close friends. And I think sometimes when you try to become too familiar with people that are only supposed to be crowd, you get upset because they don't get you. But God is like, no, I didn't fall asleep with the multitudes. I only fell asleep with those I could be vulnerable with. And even though you may create a safe space for others, your stuff ain't safe with unsafe people. So he says to Timothy, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God, who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you. You are charged with this calling. You are charged with this assignment. This is not something that is optional for you. The father is charging you to keep his commands without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who is alone, immortal, and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Someone say in the chat, thank you. Command them to do good, to be good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share because our professor Spice told us that abundance equals enough to share. I'll never forget that. The word abundance means enough to share. And Lord, I do wanna have enough money in the bank to share with my friends and family. And I wanna bless wait staff, not even just on the holidays, but those that you prompt me to pay for their groceries and shop right. This is what I know. No matter how many zeros are attached to your salary, if you're stingy on welfare, you'll be stingy in wealth. If you're stingy in the valley, you'll be stingy on the mountain. When you're a giver, even if all you have is Roman noodles, I'm, don't make me cry. Even if all you have is Roman noodles and a, and a two bedroom, you can fit the kids around the corner that don't have nowhere to go. You'll find blankets. You will do what needs to be done. If you have no gifts under the tree, you'll go in your closet. You'll look for whatever you haven't worn. You'll look for tags for things you didn't wear, things you forgot you've worn. I ordered some Reeboks that I can't fit after my stroke. My shoe size has gone up a whole size. I wore them one day and said, this is too painful. I put them under the tree so I can bless somebody. You've got stuff in your house that you can give. When you're a giver, you give. I don't care how much money you have in the bank. 
I think we got it twisted. And I came to stop this idea that you will reach a certain tax bracket and you will feel like I have arrived. People are still taking their lives and they are in the 1% of the wealthiest in the nation. But they're still saying money is not enough. When Elder Rose showed us in Antigua, one of the million dollar homes that was built from the ground up by this multimillionaire, she said, and when they looked for him one day, they found him in his office. He had taken his life. He had more than enough, but didn't have what some of us have right now. So this is countercultural, but maybe you won't be rich according to monetary wealth, but I promise you, you'll be rich in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, because that's the kingdom of God. So those who are rich in this present world, don't be arrogant and don't put their hope in wealth. Hope in God. Michael Jackson needed to go to sleep. He had so much money that the play reminded us at one point he was spending $2 million a week and couldn't go to sleep. Some of y'all overslept. Some of y'all get more sleep than you can even calculate. This is wealth. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. And this way they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed. Listen, y'all, guard your calling with care. My message for you this morning is each one reach one. I want you to put in the chat, who is your Timothy? And if you are Paul, you have a Timothy. But if you're Timothy, you also have a Paul. And I, I literally need you to think through who are you being mentored by and who are you mentoring? Put it in the chat. Put the name of the person or the initials in the chat. And if you don't know, pick somebody. In this season, pick somebody. Pastor Camille Reed is my Paul. I submit to her. Sister Spice, my Paul, I submit to her. My mother, my Paul, I submit to her. My grandmother, my Paul, I submit to her. Pastor Darius Daniels, my Paul, I submit to him. Maurice Wallace, my Paul, I submit to him. The Lord showed me like, if you have five talents, you may need five mentors because no one person is fully encompassing. I think we put a lot of pressure on pastors to be what the Holy Spirit is to us. But when you have a conglomeration of gifts, you need a covering for the callings that are specific to the lanes and graces that God has given you. Who do you submit to for leadership? That person could be younger than you, but you need a Paul. You need a Paul. And then who are you also pouring into? Who am I pouring into as Paul for this season? Nakaya, I believe I'm pouring into her. Lisa, I believe I'm pouring in. I don't think it's just a core team. I believe that God is using me to pour into Dar. I really believe that God is using me to pour in to some of you. I believe I'm pouring into uh, Keisha. 
And just because I'm Paul doesn't mean I'm your pastor. I could just be a person that pours. I don't want you to jump off this call. I don't have nobody. No, no, no. Elder Rose might be somebody's Paul. And if y'all need a Paul, DM Sister Spice. If you need a Paul, DM Pastor Reed. I just need some covering. Somebody I know is going to pray for me. Now that Paul may not have availability to have a Zoom chat with you every day, but that person you know for sure is safe to pray. To pray, I'm not perfect, but if I can be a Paul, a, 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 what did I call it? Um, a middle mentor. Elizabeth was still pregnant, hadn't given delivery, but was a little bit further along, six months ago, six months along, I'm still pregnant enough to know what the pain feels like, but I'm further enough to know that's not a contraction that you think is consistent with the water breaking. That's Braxton Hicks. I know, no, you just bloated. That right there doesn't mean the baby's heart stopped. That means the baby is sleeping. So I haven't pushed it out just yet, but I'm at least a little bit further along to say, you can do this. I did it. I did it. I had a trusted friend tell me this week that she was trusting God for something. I'm not going to talk about the situation. And she asked a good question. I think many of us have asked, have I missed him? Did I make the right decisions? And sometimes we look at the evidence of like a bank account or uh, friends or popularity or following some of the most powerful videos that I feel God used me to record. They're only liked by 40 people. They're only viewed by 20 people. Do I stop doing excellent ministry because I don't have the thousands of views? Or do I do it not for the likes, but for the Lord? You'll be surprised by how many people post just for the likes. You'd be surprised by how many people are like addicted to the fellowship of false community. Because if I were sick, you can't necessarily hop on this plane. And I said to my friend, I wish you knew how many times this year my account hit the negative. I wish you knew how many times I was trusting God and the bank account did not reflect the trust. How many times I was robbing Peter to pay Paul on I trust you, God. See, y'all think, see, that's why y'all need a middle mentor because I'm honored to say I know in my phone millionaires that got it but I'm also honored to say, I know they got it and didn't ask them for a dollar because I don't need a human savior. I need to sit in this boat and study what it means to walk by faith and not by sight and watch God blow me away every single time. I wish you would know, you, you would never know. You'd be shocked to know. You'd be shocked to know that there were seasons in my life where I'm like God, I know you're with me because you flying people from all around the world just to sit with me and have seafood. I know you're with me because you lifted depression by giving me a 90 day challenge family that's closer to me than some of my natural relatives who are on both sides of my family. I know that I know that you're with me. But sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. I'm like, now you with me, but this don't make no sense. Y'all not gonna be real with me. They're not gonna be real with me. I know you with me. And then all of a sudden a client will call 
that wanted to write a book seven years ago and they'll say, hey, I'm ready to pay my balance. What? And then I'll forget that I was supposed to get paid from Bloomfield College and then a secure and then, and then a check and now look in the direct deposit is there. Listen, y'all, no matter how much you make, God still is going to test your faith. No matter what your bracket is, you don't need more money. You need a greater perspective and appreciate God. You gave me enough for the day. I've been in overflow. I've been in excess. I've been the person that had to put gas on the credit card because I knew you pay $1 for gas and then they won't charge you even if it's over the limit. I've been that guy and I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Each one reach one. In this season, I'm praying for small groups to come alive again. I'm praying for one-on-one -on -one discipleship to come alive again. I'm praying that you will not be so busy that you can't take time, Paul, to talk to Timothy and not everybody. I'm praying that you will be able to have one-on-one -on -one life experiences with one another. I pray that you will no longer give your pearl to swine. I pray that you will no longer walk around desperate for affection, attention, and affirmation. There's a family that is waiting for you to obey God. I looked across that table yesterday and I said, man, we are family. Whether we are in Arizona one month, Florida another month, Washington, D.C., another month, New York, another month, Chicago, another month. This is the Lord's doing. And all of this happened after a stroke. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? And to that person that's been resigned, I don't know, maybe I don't want to go. I don't trust people. You know, I got church problems. Try again. Try again. My friend Andrea here, grief recovery specialist. Try again. Ben, grief recovery specialist. The holidays are hard. Meet us at that holiday party tomorrow. Just be around some love. Be around some joy. Meet us and let's sing some Christmas songs tonight. You need that. Sherry's on. I'm gonna put her on the spot. She came to our breakfast yesterday. Sherry, tell us how your how your experience was with that little small group yesterday. Listen. Um, I was, it's difficult to find the words. And even while you were talking, um, tears like welled up right here this morning because just meeting them for the first time in person and the way Lisa ministered to me and the way Claire ministered and, and the presence of Paula ministered to me. Um, when I left there, I felt so light. I felt uh, renewed. I felt charged. That's our word. I felt charged from that that intimacy of the, the four of us, um, being able to share, being able to find peace. Um, when I left to go to the hospital to visit my husband, it was, it was completely different. It was, and it was all because I took the time um, to take a break. And I'm so glad I did because the visit was different. My, I don't know, I just felt better about being there, I did. I felt encouraged, um, motivated to go on to be charged to do whatever God has required me to do, um, even though <laughs> dot dot dot. I'm I'm just ready. And listen, if you don't have a small group or you know find one in here, um, I'm putting Danny on the spot. 
I'm going to reach out to her so she can be my Paul because <laughs> she already prayed for me um, for this situation. And I'm telling you, the people in this group are amazing. And I thank God so much for Pastor Sean. I'm so glad he um, preserved your life. He did that for me during this time. And I know it's not just for me, but I truly appreciate um, what happened. I do. Thank you so much. I love y'all so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank we you. love you too. We absolutely love you too. And I'm praying for those today. God sets the lonely in family. One of the ways I believe he brings us family is that we're not afraid to tell him I'm lonely. <laughs> God sets the lonely in family. So I don't care how many people know you. If you don't feel known when you're in their presence, you're lonely. And I've been there, but I'm not there no more. I've been there. So Father, today I pray, God, that you will raise up the revelation of who our Timothy or our Paul is for the seasons that we are. And I pray, God, for more one-on-one -on -one discipleship, more one-on-one -on -one conversations, more one-on-one -on -one intimacy. I pray, oh God, for that person that is crying because they feel so alone. Help them to remember that you are the potter and we are the clay. There's nothing too hard for you. So I pray, God, that they would receive that you are their all and their all. I pray, God, that they will never question whether or not you are with them, that you will set the lonely in family and that you will bring fruitfulness and even in barren seasons. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Y'all have a wonderful day. And I'll see some of y'all tonight and some of y'all I'll see tomorrow. I remember growing up at Randall Chapel Unified Free Will Baptist Church and they would have an A and B selection. And when my aunt started singing this, there was no B selection. God is He's my protection God is my all in all. Yes, God.
joy in sorrow. My Yeah.